This is a broadcast of Holland United Church of Christ. At Holland UCC, we seek to open the mind and engage the heart. We are a community of justice, peace, and affirmation in Holland, Michigan, where everyone is welcome to the table. The Holy Gospel according to Mark 10, Mark 10, 13 to 16. People were bringing little children to him, that is Jesus, in order that he might touch them, and the disciples spoke sternly to them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Let the little children come to me. Do not stop them, for it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. A couple of weeks ago, we were in a chapter prior, Mark 9, and Jesus there talked about welcoming children as a sign of the kingdom. Welcoming children. And we noted the significance of that uh, because children were considered very low on the ladder of social status or social hierarchy in that time. And in fact, children were right at the bottom, considered almost non-entities, nobodies. And it wasn't until you were grown up, at least into the teen years, that you were even considered a legitimate member of the family. We're thinking about doing the opposite. You know, once you're a teenager, why don't you just, you know, go your way for a while. Come back to us once you're done with that phase. <laughs> but things, as we noted a couple of weeks ago, were not favorable for children in the ancient Mediterranean world. And I remember, you know, reading about that, learning about that, and thinking, well, at least we've come so far, right? We're, we do a much better job uh, today. But it turns out we ourselves still have work to do. Some recent studies show that still today, children are among the most underserved and neglected members of society. Approximately one-fifth of the nation's young are growing up in poverty. And yet Jesus says that it is uh, welcoming of children that is the way of the kingdom, and that when we welcome children, we welcome Jesus himself. And this wisdom from Jesus of welcoming the youngest among us is reflected in other traditions and other societies. According to Carlene Old Elk, head of the General Studies Department at Little Bighorn College, all crows, that is members of the crow tribe, are also members of a clan, which is viewed as a large family. And she notes that children, or child rearing becomes a tribal responsibility. She says children are included in everything from infancy on. They go to all social functions, all political functions. They're a part of the scene. I love that, and yet I cringe <laughs> as a dad who has growing children who are once very little. And isn't that so different from how we often operate? If we have important meetings, big people events, right? We do everything we can to keep the children out of it, right? Find a sitter, 
or here's some things to, to play with and we're gonna do big people stuff, stay out of the way, you know, don't be seen or heard. Uh, that's often how we act in, in our society and culture. And yet Jesus reminds us that welcoming of children is a critical part of realizing the kingdom of God in our midst. Well, in our text today, Jesus again speaks about children, but in a slightly different way from chapter 9. And notice how the text begins. Verse 13 says, People were bringing little children to him, and the disciples spoke sternly to them. Apparently they weren't listening to Jesus either. Jesus literally just emphasized the importance of welcoming children. And as some folks are bringing some kids his way, the disciples revert to the cultural norm of treating children like dirt. They spoke sternly to them, is how the writer of the Gospel of Mark puts it, but he's probably being kind and keeping the text safe for family reading. Well, Jesus hears this, sees this, and it says, is indignant. And I gotta imagine if, that if Jesus wore a hat, this is where he throws his hat on the ground. Which begs the question, what kind of hat would Jesus wear? I, I don't know. That's a, that's a funny thing to think about. But, but he's rightly miffed at the disciples. He's rightly miffed at the disciples. Aren't you paying attention? What did I literally just say? And he says in verse 14, Let the little children come to me. Do not stop them. For it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. And last week we talked about the disciples stopping someone from doing good because this person wasn't, quote-unquote, part of their team or, or following them. Uh, and so I guess they're just always stopping people from doing things. Jesus is saying stop stopping people. And you can imagine that as two or three young ones come his way, he gestures and says, it is to such as these that the kingdom of heaven belongs. These little ones are at the heart of the beloved community that I came to create. And then giving his disciples a real stare down, he ups the ante and says, unless you receive the kingdom as a little child, you will never enter it. And he says, and he starts by saying, truly I tell you. Probably not the best translation, but you know when Jesus says, truly I tell you, he means business. Those are serious words, right? Unless you become like a little child, you'll never enter it. And so it's important, I think, for us to explore what that might mean. What is Jesus inviting us to do? How do we become like a child? And that's a hard question, because most of us have spent our lives trying to grow up, right? And of course we do grow up, right? That's inevitable, but as we grow, we often lose some things that we had, I think, innately as children. Or we learn at least to sort of tamper them down, put them away, you know, set that aside. But maybe these things are things we need to recapture. And so, the question this morning is, what comes to your mind when we talk about learning from a child? What can we learn from children? 
just share a few ideas. Anyone here online? Being curious. Being curious. Excellent. You looked at my notes. So that's, that's, that's good. Spontaneity. Spontaneity. Absolutely. Openness and vulnerability. Kids are kind of naturally trusting. And as adults, you know, we've, we've been hurt one too many times that we become a little jaded. And sometimes rightly so, trying to protect ourselves, right, from hurt. And that makes sense. And that's appropriate to a degree. But children still have that innate ability to simply trust someone, to see the good in someone. What else? Unconditional request. Unconditional request. Request. Say more about what you mean by this. A young child, two-year-old. It's not conditional. Give me this because I did that. It's ah. because you're the parent. Yeah. And the child is the relationship. Yeah. 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 Exactly. It's not always sort of that underlying exchange of whatever. Yeah. Good. Anything else? Honesty. Honesty. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Spontaneity, says Chris online. Absolutely, absolutely. We heard someone else mention that. So I have uh, three things uh, that we can learn from children, though there are many more. And number one, we heard right off the bat, be curious. Be curious. Curiosity is a beautiful thing, right? Some of the best teachers know how to nurture curiosity in children. And of course, curiosity in, in many ways is the engine that drives learning. If you're not interested in something, then, you know, the best teacher in the world is going to have a really hard time getting through to you. You have to have this sort of innate interest in something. And so, you know, kids who are drawn to math see a, a math problem, they want to figure it out, right? It's like a puzzle. And how does this work? And how do you take this equation and come up with this, you know, figure? And so I think that love of math is, can be drawn by a or rooted in curiosity, others of us are wired to hate math. Also true. But still others are driven by curiosity of the natural world. Natural world. How do trees grow? What are clouds? How is it that this little wormy type bug can go into a cocoon and then come out with wings that, and can fly? And of course curiosity leads to discovery and learning and so on, but as adults, our sense of curiosity can be dulled. Now, what do you think the opposite of curiosity might be? Fear. Fear, okay. And I don't know if this is a perfect thing, but if you think about it, like certainty could be sort of seen as, a, as an opposite of curiosity, right? If you already imagine you know exactly how something is, then you're no longer sort of curious about it. You're no longer curious about it. And certainty leads us to make incorrect assumptions about others. It causes us to believe that our opinions are, are facts, irrefutable facts. And of course, certainty can lead to trouble, as we all know, in theology and in politics, and how to respond to a global pandemic. And so curiosity might be seen as an antidote to certainty. In, Adam's Grant, in Adam Grant's book, Think Again, he explores the idea that the most important cognitive skill is the ability to rethink and unlearn. 
to rethink and unlearn. Sometimes the thing that gets most in the way of learning is imagining we already know. Imagining we already know. And so he advocates for seeing disagreements as an opportunity to learn and for opening our minds to hear things that we might disagree with. And he argues that embracing the joy of being wrong can turn us into lifelong learners. The joy of being wrong. I love that, and I wonder if, you know, like, if we sometimes sort of root that out of kids, the joy of being wrong. Because I remember as a kid, I would not raise my hand in class unless I felt like 99% sure I had the right answer. Like, I did not, I did everything possible not to ever be wrong. Like, almost had like an unhealthy fear, a phobia of being wrong. Hated to make a mistake. But mistakes are how we learn and how we grow. So I love this idea of um, joy being wrong. So what can we learn from kids? Number one, be curious. Number two, be creative. Kids, I think, are naturally creative. Naturally creative and often confident in their creativity. There's the story of the little girl in second grade uh, drawing in class. And the teacher comes over and says, oh, what are you drawing there? And the little girl says, oh, I'm drawing God. And the teacher says, well, nobody knows what God looks like. And this little girl says, well, they're about to. <laughs> so creativity, but also a confidence, right? A confidence in that creativity. And the best teachers know this and know how to nurture creativity in, in their classes. But historically, a lot of our educational system has been sort of geared toward getting creativity out of the way. Right, because it can complicate the lesson plan or make the classroom disruptive. And so much of our, our educational system, at least what I experienced, I think good teachers are, are always finding ways to make it better and are doing better. But a lot of it is geared toward how do you function in the quote unquote real world? How do you do something productive with your life? You know, how do you find a major that uh, allows you to get a, a productive job in a field where they're hiring? And it doesn't matter what you're interested in, you know, what can help you pay the bills? And so creativity is often not high on the list. But think back to when you were a kid, right? Did you like to draw? Did you like to paint? Did you like to take Legos and, and build things without the instructions? And just see what, what came together? Did you write poems or, or short stories? And when is the last time you did something like that? nurtured and open to your creative side. Well, Christy is away for a few days, so I get to embrace my creative side while she's gone, uh, by which I mean cooking dinner. And so we're trying to expand the menu of being on mac and cheese and, and cereal. No response. That's right. <laughs> but if you think about it, right, we're facing some serious issues in our world, and we're going to need creativity to lead us forward. And so we need to learn curiosity from children. And then finally, we learn from kids to be in the moment, to be in the moment, right? Children are in the moment. They see each new day as a fresh start. Each moment is a wonderful chance for fun, for discovery, for play. I love the story that Crystal read earlier. This mom is, 
you know, running around trying to get ready for the day, right? Trying to do the adult things, right? There's a schedule, there's stuff that has to get done, there's obligations, all the serious business of being an adult. And this kid says, hey, why don't we play a game? You don't have to leave yet. And I, and I love that, right? Just seeing, here's an opportunity to do something fun. Why don't we do that? What is stopping us from doing that? But we're often so wired to, well, fun is this extra that if we work really hard Monday through Friday, we can do a little bit on Saturday. The kids are in the moment, ready to have fun at any time. And of course, we often talk about heavy stuff here, right? About following Jesus. Following Jesus is serious business. Seeking justice and equity in our world is serious business. But sometimes we can let it all get too heavy maybe too serious. And so Jesus is saying to us grown-ups, us grown-up people, don't take yourself so seriously. Don't be so uptight, relaxed. Do something simply because you enjoy it. Smile, laugh, play a game. Put your trust in someone. Imagine a better world and laugh some more. Because honestly, what good is a better world that we're working so hard to get to if we're not going to have any fun in it or along the way? And we certainly know kids won't want any part of that world without fun. And according to the prophets of old, it will be children who lead the way. Amen. Maybe so. Invited to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. streaming on Facebook. You can also watch these messages on the Holland UCC YouTube channel. And for more information, how to get involved, or to support our work, like us on Facebook or visit hollanducc.org.